Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. I'm blinded by the light. We have a guest this episode post Super Bowl. Our third roommate, Thomas, is in the house. Boom, bam, pow. Let's get it. Let's talk some Super Bowl, some sports. That's what I'm here for. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, joining us once again. Obviously, uh, you didn't have to come very far just to the living room, but uh, we appreciate you jumping on the pod with us once again. Woo! Yeah, so Super Bowl 55, uh, we talked about it a lot a couple weeks ago. It was last generation's GOAT versus the new generation's GOAT, you know, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, obviously there was a lot of hype around it. People were saying, hey, if, if Mahomes can get this done, it's it's six Super Bowls to two. That was one big thing that uh, Tony Romo was saying before the broadcast. And if, if Tom won, it was going to be seven to one, so it's going to be a hard mountain to climb. I, I know you mentioned that it, it's not going to come down to Super Bowls at the end. But uh, this was definitely a big step in, in securing Tom Brady's GOAT status with the Bucks winning 31-9. to I think what it comes down to is if he ever cuts his hair. It's hard to see with the hair in your eyes. I'm just going to throw that out there. Wait, who's got hair in their eyes? Patrick? Yeah. It's, it's curling, too. It's not even straight. So could you all of a sudden be, boom, oh, I think that's my guy. Oh, no, that's a pick. I don't know, man. The Mahomes fade is, is pretty, you know, it's, a, it's already a classic, I would say. I mean, I, yeah, they had they had commercials where everyone was rocking the Mahomes fade, and he wears a headbander. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure that the hair has much sway, but you know it's a hot take, hot take. Uh, the Bucks did win Super Bowl 55, 31 to nine. Uh, it was a shocker, I think, for all of us at the table. I know I had the Bucks winning, but I definitely didn't see uh, the game kind of going like this. Well, you know, um, they had him in the first quarter. And then they had him for the whole game. And that's basically how it went. Yeah, uh, they definitely, you know, took advantage of some early penalties uh, and basically just rolled them the entire game. Yeah, I mean, I, I also wasn't terribly surprised at the Bucks won, but definitely quite surprised with, with a 31 to 9 um, from one of the best offenses that we've seen in a long time, not even scoring a touchdown. Um, very, very surprised. I, I think we, we got to give credit definitely to the Bucks. I mean, they were really able to control both sides of the ball the entire game. Yeah, the whole game, in my opinion, was, was very underwhelming. Uh, I think both or all three of us were, you know, looking forward to an explosive game, high-scoring game. Uh, you ought to, obviously, Tom Brady had all his weapons, Patrick went home with his. But like Garrett alluded to, the Bucks were really able to dominate on both sides of the ball. Uh, they ran basically the perfect defense against this Chiefs team. And then, you know, Tom Brady was slinging the ball on the offense end as well. The revival of Gronk also helped. I don't know about you guys, but I love to see that. Speaking about Brady's weapons, he's had them for a while now. They definitely got that connection. Hey, Gronk, I love you, and I hope you're going crazy tonight, man. You Shout know, out. COVID and all, Gronk is absolutely still going crazy tonight. You can yeah. just tell that guy does not give a shit. I don't know if you guys saw the story um, when they were still doing, like, the preseason workouts. Uh, they had to send in videos of them doing their daily workouts. And Gronk just did one day of workouts but changed his outfits uh, every single time. So he, yes, he had Gronk. yeah he had a stockpile of workout videos that he would just send on the daily. I think, you know, he kind of saw that at the beginning of the season. He definitely looked a little out of shape. And it might have came back and bit him. But, you know, he was here, Super Bowl, when it mattered most. And he definitely came out and performed at, you know, his top level performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Gronk knows uh, how to have fun at, at the highest level. But, uh, you know, he, he did come to perform, and, and I think he, he's one of those gamers who knows when to turn it on. I mean, he scored two touchdowns tonight. Um, obviously didn't do a ton throughout the season, but man can step up and, you know, have, have fun. Hey, work hard, play hard. You know, you got to have fun. You got to, you know, enjoy yourself. You only live once, and hey, he's, he's the guy. So, Tom, just just a quick perspective uh, question for you. Let's say, you know, you're still playing college basketball. Okay. 
you know, they're like, you need to be getting your workouts in. You need to be getting your workouts in. We want proof. Send in videos. Could you see yourself, you know, potentially taking advantage of that situation and, and kind of doing something similar to Gronk? Um, no, I could see other people doing that. I think I would feel too bad about doing it, but I, you know, I'd still be grinding every day. I'd still be having fun though. So I'm not going to let that stop me. Uh, you know, sometimes my teammates would be like, man, Tom, how do you have so much energy? <laughs> well, you know, if you uh, – it just kind of comes down to a mindset. You know, you can have fun and go out, and then if you just don't let it affect you, it's all good. But if you let it affect you, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I agree 100%. You can definitely have fun and also be extremely hardworking. Like you said, I do think it's all about a mindset and just having a good attitude on both aspects. Uh, so back to the game. Really, I think the biggest issue for the Chiefs outside of, you know, their lack of ability to protect Mahomes was they could not hold any of the Bucks receivers jock straps, man. They were called for <laughs> eight penalties for 95 yards in the first half alone. It was pretty embarrassing. I can only imagine how frustrating it was for the guys on the offense end as well as the defensive guys just seeing penalty after penalty being thrown. Yeah, I mean, I know there was, there was a big swing where uh, there was a deflection interception gets called back for a holding call. Uh, and then later on the drive, there's another third down uh, penalty. Then in the red zone, there's a penalty, puts it first and goal at the one and through that whole possession. So, I mean, those are those are backbreaking. And a guy like Tom Brady, you can't give him, you know, a free turnover or, uh, you know, a free first down. He ended up putting points on the board. So I, I agree. It's definitely hard to watch. And, and as you saw, it was uh, it was all that they needed to, to score. You know, I think I think Tom would like you to give him something like that, because I don't know about you guys, but. I think Tom might be a little low right now. He probably doesn't have much because he might have been paying the rest for that game. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it wasn't Bill all those years. Maybe it was Tom all the way because those it, the penalties did seem fairly one-sided, and some of them really swayed the course of the game, especially when it could have been a pick for Tom, and then all of a sudden now they're getting the first down. Like, I don't know. It probably wasn't. I, I you know, there's no proof, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'm actually glad you kind of brought that up. I was going to go into this. Uh, I saw a lot of things on Twitter of, you know, Chiefs fans. Obviously, when you lose like that, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have complaints. But to me, I, I don't think – I mean, some of the calls might have been a little soft. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest issue is the Chiefs could not defend any of Tom Brady's weapons. I don't think there was any, you know, weird malicious uh, behavior. I know Garrett throughout the game was saying – Oh, the NFL wants Tom to win. The NFL wants I, Tom to win. I was trolling, acting like a casual. I don't actually think so, but but it was funny to say, and you knew for sure people were going to do it. Detectives, we need you to go to work. Let's find the cash apps. Let's find the Venmos. Let's find the PayPal's, and let's check that history because I think a little uh, little black and white stripes might be there. The rest might have. Hey, maybe Tom even sent him some Dogecoin. I don't know. <laughs> no Dogecoin was sent uh, to my. To my knowledge but you know I, it was it was a good game obviously underwhelming I think where I said though is I, I definitely think you know the low light of the game for the Chiefs was their inability to guard any wide receiver or tight end for the uh, the Buccaneers I think what it comes down to and last time I was on the podcast I said the same thing the most important positions or position is the O-line and today the Chiefs O-line did not get it done. I mean, I can't I'm, I mean, I can't think of a few possessions where Mahomes was just sitting in the pocket and could throw. Every single play it seemed like he was being rushed and you can't do anything. You can't throw to to Tyreek when you're being rushed. I mean, Mahomes was just throwing some crazy passes even being rushed. 
like spin around Chuck, bounces off the wide receiver's head. Imagine what he could have done if he wasn't rushed. Like, I think that was the tale of tapes. Yeah, I definitely agree. That was uh, the biggest reason why they only scored nine points. I know the Chiefs lost a, a key member of their offensive line, had to move two guys over and bring in a guy for his first start. Uh, and, it, and it definitely showed for sure. And, and like you did allude to, Mahomes still makes some crazy throws. Another is one where he was diving parallel to the ground through its sidearm, still got at the end zone and went right off the uh, the face mask of, of the wide receiver. So I think that one play just kind of summed everything up, uh, unfortunately, for, for the Chiefs and Mahomes. Yeah, it was definitely tough to watch. Uh, you kind of hate seeing a guy like Mahomes having to be in those situations. I know they showed a graphic midway through the fourth quarter. I believe it was 40 dropbacks. Uh, 28 hurries and eight knockdowns or something like that. He was really under pressure the entire night. He really couldn't, you know, get into his his flow of his game. Uh, obviously, Mahomes is probably the best quarterback uh, eluding and, you know, out of the pocket as far as his ability to get off throws. Uh, I definitely think that a big part of that, like you guys said, was his wide receiver's inability to make plays because he was, regardless of anything, he was making plays. Um, he looked great outside of the fact that, you know, he just couldn't get a second uh, to throw to throw it at all. Yeah, and kind of a crazy stat to kind of sum up Mahomes' career. Uh, the last time that Mahomes lost by more than one possession was back November 19th, 2016, when he was a Texas Tech Raider. This is the first time he's lost by more than one possession in the NFL. It's pretty crazy to think of. Well, if I was Mahomes at halftime, going up to my line, saying, hey, do you guys hate me? <laughs> and I say, no, no, my bad, my bad. And then I'm going to give them a, a half cup of pre-workout and make sure that they're <laughs> juiced and ready to go. Yeah, man. That probably would have been a good idea, honestly. They looked really lax lust. And, you know, they had someone like Jason Pierre-Paul, who, I don't know, hasn't looked good since he was with the Giants in 2002 or he something. He dancing again. He, he looks out there dancing. Yeah, he looked like the best damn player on the field. So, obviously, Tom Brady was given uh, – game i think that's a given uh you know the way he performed uh but one of the biggest things for the game i know we talked about was the bucks defensive scheme i think it was the big story of the night you know they played this team absolutely perfectly you know send in the house but also double triple coverage tyree kill deep uh they really didn't give Mahomes any time and, and tyree kill was basically a non-factor the entire of the game yeah, obviously the big thing with, with Tyreek is those big, huge chunk plays that they're able to get with him. Uh, towards kind of the end of the game, their coverage got a little soft, and he he ended up getting some some yards and some late catches, but the game is pretty much out of reach, so I definitely agree that they were able to shut him down early. Uh, Travis Kelly, you know, still did his thing, got over 100 yards, but but everything was kind of short underneath. He had to get like 10 or so catches to do it, so I, I agree the secondary really played well, and obviously we highlighted the defensive line for the Bucks. I mean, with defense, it's kind of like, you know. Wins championships. Will it bend? Will it break? I kind of take it of his philosophy with, like, what would I want with my daughter? Like, <laughs> big chunks or just little and small? You know, the worst comes to worst, I'm going little and small. Are we talking throw up big chunks? What does that mean? Throw up? Like, throw up chunks? Yeah, like, I don't want my daughter to be very sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, look. This is here and there. Yeah, big, yes. and then fine for okay. Yes. okay. Thank you, thank you. Okay, I you know I I'm gonna be honest. I don't understand the analogy perfectly, but I, I do hear you and I appreciate the take. Okay, thank you. Uh, it, was, it was heard, understood. Yeah, not heard, so heard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just glad to be here, guys. We're, we're, we're happy, happy to have, have you. you. Of course. So, what were you guys' thoughts? I know uh, there was a penalty at the end of the game. The game was already over. Um, defensive. Uh, I think he was a linebacker for the Bucks. I can't remember his name. He threw up a peace sign to Tyree Kill. 
uh, after getting in, was it after the interception or was it no, just a stop? It was after the incompletion. I think it was on the fourth down, which was oh yeah, 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 turnover, was turnover on downs. Uh, he was flagged. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I know you showed me an image earlier that earlier in the season when they met uh, Tyreek Hill hit him with the peace sign. You know his peace sign that he always does when he's flying by people. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean, I understood the penalty. Uh, I did really love the peace sign, and I love how uh, Tyree kind of just sat there and took it. You know, I don't think he forgot about the peace sign. He's like, you know, if I'm going to do it to other people, other people are going to be able to do it to me. So all in all, I, I really liked it, and it kind of just showed the edge of the Bucks uh, all season long, what they were able to do. Super simple. Just going to start off with five words. Favorite play of the game, okay? You know, he took it personal. He took it personal, and he it was his job to stop Tyreek. The line didn't take it personal. You know, you got to take it personal, but I loved it. I loved the peace sign so much. He should have got the peace sign on his gloves so he wouldn't have got a flag and just shoved it up Tyreek's face the whole time. Yeah, he might need to get a peace sign tattoo uh, to remember that moment for the rest of his life because that was uh, pretty funny, pretty special. Definitely enjoyed it. Uh, the flag was probably warranted, especially because the game was practically over. So, you know, you're kicking someone when they're down. But I, I, I was getting a little chippy, too, yeah. between some of the offensive and defense linemen with, with the Chiefs. So I, I understood it, too. I totally agree. I did enjoy it, though. It was definitely a, a highlight of the game. The offensive and defensive linemen were just probably arguing about where they wanted to eat afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> where, where would you uh, have eaten after the game? Oh, I'm trying to go to Benihana's, you know, get a little show, watch them cook in front of me, have some nice steak, you know, fried rice, you know. But some of them probably just wanted McDonald's. So so my question is, is does your choice of restaurant change if you lose? Like if you lost that game, you still want to go Benihana's, get some fried rice and some steak, or do you just want to keep your head down, eat something at home and, and call it a night? Simple. I think the answer is simple. You hit the nail on the head. That's why they were fighting. You know, <laughs> the team losing wanted to go get food and get out. The team that was winning, let's celebrate a Benihana's, a baby. <laughs> See, I think they were both arguing who was going to go to Benihana's. They're like, no, 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 we're going to come back and win and we're going to get Benihana's. And the other guy's like, no, 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 we're going to hold on to this dub. Eat this dub at Benihana's. You know who deserves Benihana's? The Kings. Okay. Okay, let's the transition. Let's transition to the Sacramento Kings. That is going to be uh, the remainder of the pod tonight. We're going to get some purple talk going. The Kings are now 7-1 and one in the last eight games with huge wins over the Clippers, Celtics, and Nuggets. I know for the most part, the three of us have watched some of these games together. Man, let's get into some Sacramento Kings basketball. Yeah, I'm really glad we're, we're leaving the, the rest of our podcast for Kings Talk to make up for uh, ESPN and all major sports agencies for not showing enough love to the Kings. Uh, one huge guy I have to shout out over these last eight games is De'Aaron Fox, averaging 27, eight assists, and he's first in the league in clutch shooting percentage. Man has been putting the team on his back these last eight games and just an absolutely phenomenal. So, Tom, where do you rank Fox among guards oh, in the league? Oh, man, you're going to do this to me. Uh, you know, I was screaming – I'll say that this man is a superstar. Actually, actually oh, yeah, come on. If hey, if the you know, heard us. if you know yeah, me, him. if you know me, I'm a loud fan. He's a superstar. He passed the All Star page. Anyone streak the superstar? <laughs> and then there was an out. Okay, that see that last part's a lie. Uh, maybe my hip was hurting. I definitely didn't say anything. Uh, man, where do I rank De'Aaron Fox amongst guards? He does things that none of the other guards can do, uh, and with his development of the three pointer. I think by the end of this year, I could I could have him up there, top five point guards in the league, arguably top three. Um, 
yeah, I, I think I'm gonna say he's a top five point guard right now. Obviously, you got the Dames, the Stephs, the Kyries. Um, I'm sure I'm thinking I'm forgetting about a couple of the other top guys up there, but man, Trey no, Young. Uh, I got Darren Fox over Trey Young right now. Maybe season I was a little skeptical and I thought Trey Young was gonna be an absolute stud, which he is, but De'Aaron Fox, man, this guy, like I like like they said, I think he's an absolute superstar. Tom, you actually hit the, the nail on the head earlier with one of your comments. You said he's doing this against Kawhi's supposed to be one of the best defenders, and he was he was chopping him up like salad. No Cobb salad goes from the fuck the goes from the the fun head of lettuce to just chopped up, you know? Yeah, he Ka- was cooking him. Kawhi a map. That man was a lost. But the things Fox is doing with the basketball right now are some of the stuff that I've never seen before. He's got that thing on a yo-yo behind the back, behind the back again, cross, and he's all doing it at 300 miles an hour. It, it's, you know, something really special to watch. And, and, and coming back to him being first in clutch shooting percentage, he had, I think, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, big game. Kawhi was guarding much of it. It really shows his development of his game. Uh, but, but my question for you, Tom, I know there's, there's questions about if there's going to be an all-star game. But as far as voting, is Darian Doge an all-star this year? Oh, I think I think absolutely no doubt. Do I think he gets in? Eh, maybe not. Like you said, I think all-star games, MVPs, awards are all narrative-based. Uh, I don't think the media gives a damn about the Sacramento Kings. They're um, going to have to. I, God damn I, it. Think, I think Fox is going to be the guy that's on the map, though. People love guards. And when DeMarcus was here, you know, he was doing his best to put us on the map. But, you know, centers can only get you so far. But De'Aaron Fox, man, I – in my opinion, he's probably the most exciting player to watch in the league right now. And I watch a lot of basketball. But what he's been doing this last, you know, two, three weeks, start of the season, uh, man, it's, it's something special. Well, yeah, he's not getting in. I'm sorry, guys. I'd love to see him in, but uh, the Kings. No one knows about the Kings. I say I'm a Kings fan. They think I'm talking about hockey. So he's, <laughs> he's not getting in. Maybe next year, you know, we kind of make some splashes, make some waves, get the fans a little wet, and maybe they'll vote him in next year. Okay. I mean, I could see it. I could see it. I mean, like I, like I said jokingly, the Kings are slept on. But I mean, with this, with this seven and one stent, the Kings are now twelve and eleven, ninth seed in the West. Let me correct that. That is tied for the eight seed with the Warriors, actually. <laughs> Thank you. We, we want to preach facts here, so I, I appreciate the fact check. But uh, and with how crazy and close the West is, they are only a game and a half out of fourth. Tom, where do you see the Kings ending their season with, with how they're progressing so far? I mean. You know, coming into the season, I was hopeful, especially with the play-in uh, for the playoff games. I was definitely hoping that we can get into one of those. I'm not sure if they, you know, count that as postseason play. I don't know if that would end our drought or if we have to, you know, be in the actual eight seed to to end the drought. But I can definitely see us making one of these play-in games. Who knows? If we keep playing like this, a seven, eight seed is not out of the question. Right now, especially, we're playing good teams. Like, we're not just doing against, you know, the schmoes of the East you know, these bottom tier teams in the West, like we are beating contenders, the Celtics, the Clips, the Nuggets. Like these are all guys that were in the conference finals last season. Um, And we're in the fourth quarter, Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are just absolutely balling out and and we're getting dubbed. So I think if they can keep this up, I I can see us absolutely making this year. You know, what I think might stop us from keeping this up is, you know, I'm going to probably going to be the bad guy here, but everyone's talking about training Wade Barnes. I don't want to trade away Barnes. I think Barnes does a great job with the Kings. And if we trade him away, I, I don't see us making it to the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a huge discussion. We'll hop into to that scenario in like you know a couple minutes because I definitely think that is that holds some value. And I definitely think we need to focus on that because that is, you know, been talked about a lot. I know Celtics fans especially are, you know, up HB's, you know, and uh they definitely want 
there. So I could definitely see a trade happening. But we'll, we'll talk about that in here in a few minutes, and we'll really dive deep into that. Yeah, so Tom, a guy you did mention uh, who, who's really helped the Kings moving forward was Tyrese. He did win a Rookie of the Year for the month of January. Is he a, is he a lock for Rookie of the Year this year? I mean, in my opinion, uh, it's obviously between the two guys. You got Tyrese, you got Lamella Ball. You know, I am the biggest Lamella Ball fan out there. I also might be the, the biggest Tyrese Halliburton fan out there, man. This dude does things that you know not a lot of guys can do. He is an absolute winner. A lot of these kids from colleges are coming from you know good programs, and they won in high school, they won in college, and you know they want to bring in that winning culture. Uh, but there's you know a handful of guys on this planet that can really will a team and do the thing do the things that a team needs to win. And Tyrese has that special little thing about him. Uh, when when the Kings need a bucket the most, he is always there to give it to him. I love Tyrese, and I, I think he's a good chance at Rookie of the Year. It's going to come down to him and Lamella Ball, though. Definitely, definitely not a lock. Way too early. You know, you could have a nice seasoned piece of chicken, but if you don't cook it long enough, you're going to get sick. He's been seasoned. He's looking good, but we just got to let him cook and make sure that he does keep, like, performing at this level because, you know, it could always, you know, it could always end. We're super early. And so not a lock, plenty of basketball left. Yeah, you know all about overcooking the meat. <laughs> you don't oh, no. you never eat raw chicken. Oh, no. You you love that extra, extra charred flavor. My, so, dad, my dad did get salmonella food poisoning, <laughs> so I gotta be careful. I, I I respect it. I respect that. I respect the take as well. Uh, I'll let Gary speak on it here in, in a minute. I just want to say I get what you're saying as far as it's early in the season. The things that he does, uh it's it's at a very valuable caliber. And I can only see him going up from here with his minutes. Obviously, his, his shooting percentages can fade and come back. Like, obviously, you know, most guys are a little streaky. But the things he does, I definitely think it's going to be between him and LaMelo Ball. Right now, it looks great. It's basically him and uh, Fox's team. They're the top two guys. But, Garrett, what do you think about that? Yeah, so, I mean, as we, we've talked about a lot when it comes to awards, especially in the NBA, it really is narrative-based. Uh, if the Kings are able to get into the playoffs, I, I think you give it to Tyrese if he's playing at this level. Uh, if the Kings kind of fall off a little bit or maybe uh, LaMelo starting playing more and they really start showing some good signs moving forward, I could see them giving it to Ball. So I really think it's kind of just going to be how the teams perform, which, which is really going to be the difference maker between which one of those two guys get rookie of the year. Yeah, I like to take, and I like what both of you guys had to say. I definitely think there's value in both of it, and I think it is early uh, to call it a lock, but so far, it's it's you know it's a two man race, so it's going to take some some crazy uh, events to happen to to change that up, in my opinion. Yeah, now I got to go to my favorite segment. I got to call in GM Tommy Herrider with the current state of the Kings. What should be their focus, and what do they got to do to achieve? So I think the first thing we need to attack is uh, Nemanja Bjelica. He wants out of Sacramento. I think a big reason was you know uh, when he was with the Timberwolves, he was actually going to go back to Serbia. Uh, but Vlade Divac came to him. They recruited him. You know, the fellow Serbians uh, paired him with Bogdan Bogdanovic. Both of them are now gone and not with the Kings. And I think uh, that with the Kings looking to move younger and, you know, focus on development, Bielitsa's time is done in Sacramento. So I think that's the first thing we need to take a look at is, you know, a pairing and a trade that, you know, we could get some value instead of somebody just sitting on the bench. So speaking of value, since he really has not played much at all this season, I mean, what, what can he really be worth? He hasn't been able to really show much this year. Uh, you know, last season I thought he was maybe worth a first, a late first round pick, maybe for like the Lakers, because I think he fits perfectly. I, I think it depends on who we're pairing with and, and who's trading for him. 
Um, I can definitely see us getting some some good value from Nemanja Bielica because you know he's a, a guy that can stretch the floor, hit the three. So you surround him with a superstar and a superstar team, and he's actually the perfect asset. You know, someone that could sit out there and and shoot the ball at an extremely high clip. And hit game winners on the Rockets. Yes, because fuck it, we deserve this win. I could see him doing pretty good with the Hawks. I think he'd fit in pretty good with them. You know, they got a lot of shooters, and I feel like you know not many people are thinking about him at the Hawks, but I think that could be a good fit. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Hawks could be a good fit. I know they they signed and traded for a lot of guys, and as well as they have a lot of youth. So I don't know. Isn't Bogey there? Bogey is there. He could pair back, back up with the Serbian, Serbian snipers. snipers. Absolutely. Um, a couple other scenarios I can see maybe him on the Brooklyn Nets uh, pairing alongside them, uh, KD, Kyrie, and Harden. I think he could, you know, definitely help their spacing. Uh, another team is the Pelicans. That's going to be a part of a Harrison Barnes trade I want to talk about here in a couple minutes. So I'll, I'll hold off on that one. Um, but outside of that, I, I love this Kings defense. I think it's moving in the right direction. Uh, it was hard to move from any other direction. True. It last for a while. Very true. But I, de- I definitely see them moving in the right direction. They're helping each other out. Uh, they're putting a lot more effort. And I think it starts with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Buddy Heald has looked amazing on the defensive end. Obviously, that wasn't one of his strengths. But he was, what I've always said is defense is, is heart and effort. Uh, obviously, like I said, also, is, you know, you got the tools, the legs, the foot speed, the long arms. But at the end of the day, I'm sure Thomas could agree with me. It's like if you want to defend and stay in front you can. You just need to be putting the energy and the heart into it. So if have Harrison Barnes. Who do you think on the Kings has that energy and that heart to be able to guard like the threes and the fours? Because obviously, you know, Fox can play good defense. I don't know if we have someone that would be able to guard those threes, those fours. I'm talking Kawhi. I'm talking LeBron. People like that. Who do you think we got? So, I mean, in my opinion, nobody can guard the Kawhis and the the LeBrons truly. But I do do see value in Harrison Barnes. I don't want to move on from Harrison Barnes. Let's attack this Harrison Barnes situation right now. I know a lot of Kings fans are, are ready to move on from Harrison Barnes. I know a lot of teams are interested in Harrison Barnes. I don't want to move on from Harrison Barnes. I love Harrison Barnes. I've loved Harrison Barnes since we got him in the trade. I love Warriors. I liked him in Dallas. The thing about it is, though, is the Kings aren't going to win a championship this year. They're not going to win it next year. They're probably not going to win it the year after that. Maybe the third, fourth year. We'll see. But he's 28, almost 29 years old. Fox is 21. Tyrese is 20. We got a bunch of young guys. I think the focus now is not focusing on on winning. Obviously, as Kings fans, we want to be in the playoffs this year, 100%. It's been 14, 15 years. We want to see it. And if there's an opportunity there, I don't think we move on from Harrison Barnes. But if we do want to focus on championship building, I think that looking for, for a trade for Harrison Barnes and bringing in young and draft picks and assets could be something to look at. Yeah, I mean, if you think we can – to that championship i want to take one step at a time one day at a time gotta get the playoffs before we can get to the championship i agree and i think a, i think a playoff uh, appearance for the kings would do wonders for the culture for the guys here for the young guys uh makes them feel like you know they're building something and not just continuously losing and wanting out uh so i i like i said if i think the kings continue to move in the direction they're doing and harrison barnes continues to provide what he's providing for the kings right now i don't see i don't say that we need to move on from harrison barnes you know, we're only 23 games into the season, though, so there is some time. There is some time to make a trade. Uh, just some potential, you know, situations. Garrett, you can kind of give your opinions on these. But maybe maybe the Boston Celtics, like I said, they're really interested in a guy like Harrison Barnes. Yeah, speaking of really interested, man, we, we had to watch a, uh, the Boston Celtics game with, with their broadcast when they were playing the Kings. And, dude, they were showing Harrison Barnes stats and everything. They're trying to get that entire fan base to buy into Harrison Barnes. It, it was quite funny to see 
So something we can kind of look for from the Celtics is maybe a late first-round pick. Uh, their current rookie, Aaron Nesmith, a uh, forward. He could maybe fill that void. Currently, you know, he's probably not built to be as solid as Harrison Barnes is. But moving forward, he could be, you know, a, a good weapon and he can continue to develop. Uh, but I think those first-round picks that we could potentially get done, one, maybe two second-rounders as well, I think that's where the value's at. Obviously, you saw what a 12th-round pick or a 12th pick got us this year in Tyrese. You never know where you're going to hit in the first round. And uh, I'm not, I would never be mad at, you know, grabbing a 21, 22, 20-year-old kid that has high, high upside in, in you know, next year's draft. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of seeing comparisons, guys. I mean, t- tell me what you think about this. So, you know, the Heat, they're not really doing anything crazy. They all of a sudden, you know, they get your guy, Tyler Hero, you know, rookie. He's out there. He's making plays. He's doing good, you know. They don't really have like one big superstar. You got Fox, you know. He's not a big superstar. Whoa, you know? whoa, 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 whoa. Not, not I, yet. I, I, not I don't yet. know. Not I don't yet. know. I'm, right now, I'm comparing him to Jimmy Butler. I'm comparing him to Jimmy Butler. How do you feel about that comparison? Do you I, think he could play the same role? I think De'Aaron Fox uh, is a, a bit more special than Jimmy Butler, but I, I hear what you're saying. I think okay. Jimmy is on, on a, you know, a top 25 player level, and, and so I got to give respect there. But I, I get what you're saying. So the Heat were in the championship last year. Do you think the Kings could do something like that? You know, they just got that rookie who's making plays. Was he what we needed? I mean, I definitely think it was a huge step for the Kings and it given us an identity, something that I don't think we've had since the early 2000s. Even the DeMarcus Cousins era, we never really had an identity because we just tried to surround him with mediocre players. So our identity was give the ball to DeMarcus and hopefully he'll win us 40 games. We could skimp into the playoffs, which never happened. I think drafting Tyrese and getting Tyrese gives us an identity. As far as the championship this year, absolutely not. I think, yeah, I think I that's think, a guarantee. I think, I think we need some depth. You know, right now, um, I love to see Kyle in this last game because, you know, Corey Joe is a little bit of a liability, uh, I got to say. Uh, so I'd say we're about eight deep right now. And if we can get to that nine, that 10, then I think we can start to make some moves. Okay, so here's another situation with Harrison Barnes. Would I don't know if what you, what you guys value like a Kelly Oubre or an Andrew Wiggins at both younger than Harrison Barnes, um, so they would fit our timetable a little bit better. Would you guys be open to maybe Harrison Barnes being sent to the Warriors and you're receiving a young guy like an Oubre or Wiggins still has some time to maybe develop a little bit, can shoot the ball well, can play good defense. I feel like he kind of fits the things that you were just asking about, and they're younger and have you know a little bit higher of an upside. So I mean, one thing that I can say is if Oubre gets out of the Kings, I mean. The Kings starting to five are going to look pretty attractive. I mean, Kelly Oubre, <laughs> no, but but on a serious note, obviously Oubre struggled a, a fair amount at the Warriors. Uh, my problem with Wiggins is I still think everyone just had such high upside and high hopes for Wiggins, and he really hasn't panned out. Uh, I do like the timetable with those two guys, so you know I could see I could see uh, maybe not a straight up trade. I'd probably want something a little bit more if I'm. Uh, the Kings, because Harrison Barnes has proven, you know, what you're going to get, Oubre, Wiggins, um, you know, not so much. So maybe, you know, trade picks so the, so the Kings get a better pick uh, than, than the Warriors would get and switch players. I could see something like that uh, might be a good option. Um, I would like to get like a uh, like a Brandon Ingram. Okay. We're, I Listen, I love HB, but – We'd have to send the house if we're trying to get Brandon Ingram for something of you know focused on HB. It would have to be HB, Buddy Healed, Marvin Tyrese. Bagley, like it would a first round pick. Like Brandon Ingram is is now basically a certified star in this league at All Star last year. 
um, leading the the Pelicans in scoring. I don't I don't think HB is going to get a bi. I would love to, I would love to see that, but I don't think that's a, a reasonable you know trade option. Okay, okay, I can see that. Okay, what about this? Let me just kind of spitball it. I haven't been thinking about this at all. Who do you think they can get? I <laughs> I, I think I think like an Uber Uber. No, no, besides Uber and Wiggins, because I don't really want either of them. Okay, I mean, here's another situation. It doesn't really fill the small forward void for us, but maybe pair up a Barnes and a Bielita and go look at the Pelicans. Maybe not get a BI, but maybe get Alonzo Ball and like a JJ Redick. You know, JJ Redick, one of the greatest three point shooters play the game basketball, can shoot it at such a high clip. Doesn't matter his position, sprinting down the court, pull it, clap it. Um, and then a guy like Lonzo, another great guarding for, uh, point guard, can fit with Fox, can fit with Tyrese, can guard the one, two, three. Yeah. He's looking great already this season. I know he's had a couple 20 point, eight assist games. He's, he's definitely elevating his game this season. His three point shots looking a lot better. I could see maybe something like that. It does leave us a little bit voided at the at the small forward position, but I, like that. I would I would see a, a lineup of you know, uh, a, um, <clears throat> Darren Fox, Tyrese, Lonzo on the court. I think that would be insane. Yeah. I think that would be revolutionary to the game of basketball. Tyrese was playing the three on defense today, so you know if he could do that, we got Lonzo guarding the two and then Fox out there. I really like that. I really do. I I think that's something to look at. You no, know, there's even a possibility that we don't have to get rid of Barnes. Maybe a buddy in Bielitsa for that kind of trade. Um, I think that's something oh, that to talk about. Amazing! I would love to. I I know I know you're not a huge guy or a huge fan. I do have you know my hashtag keep buddy. I want buddy here. I I would much rather trade the Barnes Bielitsa for that kind of trade. But I, listen, Buddy is a very very special talent. Uh, arguably one of the best three point shooters in the league. Um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a talent, man. There's not everybody out there can do that, especially when he's out here putting an effort on the defensive end as well. Uh, he stretches the floor on offense for us. And when he's hitting, he's a top five, three point shooter in the entire league. I mean, he's called buddy buckets for a reason. Uh, I agree. Obviously he struggled the last couple of games, but, uh, really the big issue was his defense. And he's definitely, uh, I think made that a priority. Um, and, and, you know, I kind of like the, the chemistry Luke Walton and Buddy have been uh, been building as of late. I know there was some big beef between the two of them. It looked like Buddy might have been on the way out. It definitely does not seem like that anymore. So, you know, I, I don't know what the two had to do to get it, get it straight, but they definitely did. And I'm a hashtag key buddy uh, in Sacramento. And, Tom, just to kind of go back to the Corey Joe comment you made earlier. I know, you know, before I started having the Kings game on in the living room a lot, like the first game or so, you're like, oh, I like Corey Joe. Like, it huge. looks like – Huge on Corey Joe. You should have seen the face I made when he said he would be fine with Corey Joe leaving. I was in disbelief. Yeah, man. So I, I know maybe you've been watching a little bit more games. You're seeing that, you know, he really doesn't play that good a defense. Offensively, he's absolutely a liability. Um, so I, I think trying to find a replacement for Corey Joe has got to be the most important thing if we are looking to, you know, make a trade. Because uh, Corey Joe's useless. I'm gonna be honest. Maybe on a team he can k- catch some minutes, but if we want to have a winning team, it's not gonna be with Corey Joe getting any sort of significant minutes, and that means anything over ten minutes. I think if Corey Joe's in the game for more than ten minutes, it's hurt Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I would I would agree, especially with how well Tyrese has performed early on in the NBA uh, in his early career. I could see if he was struggling a little bit trying to get his shot down, which a lot of people are saying was gonna be an issue. That I understood why Corey Joe was where he was, but definitely with Tyrese flourishing, uh, Corey Joe definitely needs to needs to go. Well, Tommy, it's kind of fun. 
Corey Joe because I know how much you hate him. <laughs> I so. hate, hate's a strong <laughs> word, but my dislike for Corey Joe is, you know, up there. That's why I was rooting for him at the start. But, you know, honestly, you know, he, he tries. He tries, you know, but he's short and he doesn't doesn't do the best. And he turns the ball over all the time. If you're a guard, you got to take care of it. Learn to dribble. So yeah, <laughs> well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear you were just rooting for Corey Joe to, to piss me off. I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, so I mean, if Luke Vaughn does feel like he needs that fourth guard in the rotation, which I, I think it fits, and like we were talking about that Lonzo Ball, JJ Reddick potential trade, I think that fits the Kings perfectly. Uh, but another guy, maybe Dante Divincenzo with the Bucks, maybe send Kojo and uh, Bielitsa over there and, and grab a guy like Dante Divincenzo. I know uh, he was part of that Bogdan voided sign in trade and i know thomas loves to bring that up i i'm always just like dude shut <laughs> up once a week shut up dude like there's nothing we can do about it it's over like i'm not trying to live in the dante divincenzo past but i could see maybe something like that he can kind of feel that Corey joe vibe and obviously bielitz is not playing right now so it would just really add a ton of value to the sacramento kings i think that we might be able to get some bigger trade value for for uh cory joseph <laughs> if we start calling him kojo because he sounds so much cooler with that name i was i didn't know what you were talking about at first <laughs> yeah oh we signed kojo oh sweet that's what the teams are gonna be oh, like no. kojo to whoever wants them oh no you're getting all the casuals excited here in kojo um you know i, I like i like divincenzo um out of all of our our uh hypotheticals uh, I, I probably like it more than Alonzo and JJ. Um, I, I may be more more inclined for for a Warriors trade, um, but all in all, I, I definitely agree. If we can find a way to move Kojo, uh, potentially Harrison Barnes moving forward, I, I'm all ears. Yeah, I definitely think we have to be listening to offers. Maybe not. Maybe we're not sending them out, but if people are coming guys and offering us high value, we definitely have to listen. Uh, another guy, high value for the Kings. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, um, he's a free agent coming into this next offseason. A lot of people are saying he's an $80 million a year guy. Do you, I know you guys have watched the games this season. Do you guys think Rashawn Holmes is worth that? And do you think he's a part of our core moving forward? He was on record saying he would love to re-sign with the Kings, but at the same time, we're going to have to give him an offer. That's not disrespectful because there are going to be teams out there wanting to pay Rashawn Holmes. Do you know if he's going to be restricted or unrestricted? Unrestricted. You're really only restricted at, uh, when you're when you're on your rookie contract. Okay. So I, I have known that Holmes is, is really talking about how much he Sacramento, how much he loves the culture, how much he loves the team and the area. I could see them being able to kind of use that and, and maybe not pay him as much if the Kings do well and he can say, hey, you know, we got Fox here who's now, you know, jumped from all-star to superstar, as you said. We got Tyrese moving forward. If we make some off-season, I mean, sorry, before the trade deadline uh, moves, and we're like, hey, we're in a good position. You see what we got on our roster. We want to keep it. We're going to have to pay you a little bit less than maybe some of these other teams. Would you want to stay here? And I could really see something like that happening. Yeah, I think the, I think the Kings would definitely have to make the playoffs for that to be uh, a reasonable pitch because Sacramento isn't the greatest destination, and it is a small market, so we are going to have to pay up on guys to retain them. Uh, I mean, Rashawn definitely does love it here, but at the same time, if we're going to lowball him at $12 million a year and you got a team like the Celtics, maybe we're offering him 18 or $20 million a year and they're a contender, I mean, you can basically assume where he would, you know, head off to. Yeah, I think that gap is too big if you're talking six or eight million, but I could see him maybe saving a couple mil uh, on it, uh, maybe give him some more incentives, uh, you know, towards the back end uh, to kind of say, hey, you know, move forward with you we think we're going to be able to make the playoffs do some things like that so he finds ways of still getting paid the amount of money because i'm sure the kings wouldn't mind paying 
it means they're getting in the playoffs because they saved some money on him and is able to pay up on someone else. So what do you, Tom, what, what do you value Sean Holmes at? And do you think he's part of the core moving forward? Well, uh, G Money, I love what you said about that. I was actually going to speak about the incentives too. As much as I really don't like uh, Buddy Healed, Buddy Jack, because he's just chucking up shots. I love what the Kings did with his contract because, you know, it makes him happy. He can make a lot more money. We could do the same thing. And honestly, we started doing a lot of our contracts like that. Could turn out good for us, you know. Give him an incentive for field goal percentage. He's doing great with his field goal percentage, okay? If he can keep that up or get it to a certain level, give him an incentive. Make the playoffs. Give him an incentive. Stuff like that, maybe blocks. Uh, no, I'd say rebounds because we need to rebound. We're struggling with rebounds, and if we can kind of get that fixed, I think that could also help us go forward. But, yeah, throw incentives in there. That should make him happy. So do you think Holmes is a core guy for the Sacramento Kings for the next five years? Like, do you think that his value is important to the Kings moving forward? Yeah. I mean, moving forward, I would love to have him on the team. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to keep uh, Bagley at like the four. I'd love to keep Whiteside. I would love to have Barnes Fox. I would love to have um, Tyrese and, uh, those are all the people that I want to keep. I'd be totally fine with getting rid of everyone else. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I agree on all of those, but I definitely think Holmes uh, is definitely a, a core piece for us. And I definitely think if we have to overspend maybe a tiny bit, or I like the incentives. I like the playoff incentives especially. I think if you're able to, you know, do that little bit extra to try and push for that playoff spot, uh, you know, you should be rewarded, especially if you're the one, you know, if you have – part of that and i do think Holmes is a core piece i also think buddy should be mentioned as a core piece i know a lot of people are a little frustrated and i know he's even frustrated but i think he's a very special talent i think he needs to be a, a core piece and then you know the most important for the kings if they want to be contenders in the next couple of years i think it's on the back of marvin bagley uh, he has been able to stay healthy for 23 games all 23 games i think he's played in every single one i would like to see a little bit of an uptick in his minutes i want to see him develop i think that if we actually, you know, hit on Marvin and we just don't know yet because he hasn't been able to play, uh, he could really, as well as, you know, what Tyrese has done, I think Marvin can also help us bringing us to another level. Yeah, I don't want to send him away too early. You know, I know how when we got rid of uh, your boy, Harry, we weren't too happy. I don't want that same thing to happen. Yeah, yeah and I think Bagley kind of puts a unique and interesting spot on Holmes on, on what they're going to do. It'd be really interesting to see if they pay up for Holmes and then Bagley kind of turns out what they would do in those two guys. Um, so, so it's interesting. Obviously, we want to we see what Bagley can do before we move on from him. And I really think the rest of this season and one more, I, I think we're going to be able to see, hey, is this our guy for the future or are we going to have to move him somewhere else? I agree. And one more thing on Bagley is he's actually had a higher three-point percentage than Luca uh, this season. Obviously, I'm not saying that it was a good decision to take Marv <laughs> over Luca. I stand by it. I love Marv. I'm starving for Marv. I think he it has a very good chance to be a great NBA player. But I just want to throw that little stat out there for anyone that's you know a casual. But Marvin is shooting Brandon a better three-point percentage than Luka Doncic this season. Speaking about comparing people's percentages and stuff, what if we did an incentive where we kind of put you know, Bagley and also Holmes against each other. Whoever gets the higher field goal percentage <laughs> gets paid more. Do you think that that would be toxic to yeah, the team? Do you I do. Think that I could do. make them compete and make them I, stronger? I, I think it can cause a rift in the locker room. Uh, obviously, you want to be mature about stuff like that. And, and you know, at the core of its idea, like the top of its idea, like I understand it. And, like, maybe a competitive environment can, you know, push people to be better. 
but I don't uh, I don't want to cause a rift in the locker room. I don't want you know some guys like rooting for Holmes or some guys rooting for Bagley. Like, I want everyone to be like on board with each other. That's why I really value the playoff one because it's like they all got to come together. If they all had a playoff incentive, that gives them more reason to you know come together and really make. I like that. Give everyone a playoff incentive. I agree. Maybe, maybe not everyone. Let's let me to. Yeah, no, not Corey Joe. Not no, Corey no, Joe. No. I think everyone, because even the people that don't get minutes in the games, they're making a difference. When they're practicing hard, they're going hard. They're important. Everyone, give everyone a playoff incentive. You'll see what happens. I, I, I think it's an interesting idea. Uh, I don't know if, you know, it's doable or, or whatever the thought process is behind that, but I definitely think it's an interesting idea, and I think it could, you know, definitely push these guys maybe halfway through the season when they kind of plateau a little bit. You know, it could be something that's talked about in the locker room, like let's get it done. I think I think a lot of the guys are already driven enough. I think De'Aaron Fox needs a needs a playoff appearance. I think he doesn't need an extra money. But, you know, there are some guys that an incentive can push you to the next level. So I only see the value there. I think that's all we have. Uh for the Sacramento Kings and for the rest of the podcast. I just wanted to thank Thomas uh, for making the appearance. I really love uh, your input, your jokes, your, uh, you know, weird, Interesting takes. weird analysis on things. I enjoy it. Uh, I think the, the three of us have a great chemistry. We're on the mic. So I, I definitely appreciate you hopping on with us. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, it's uh, just that house chemistry, <laughs> but Hey, um, uh, everyone who's uh, listening, go ahead. Um, share this with someone, share with your mom, share with your, Dad, share with your dog, share your cousin, with your grandma, your cousin. Share, share with your third cousin. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. Share it with your third cousin. We, we would really appreciate that. Gary, you got any final words for him? No, man. Just uh, thank you guys all for listening. And as always, one love. Peace.